I'm sharing all of this with you to let you know that whatever your priorities are, whatever your preferences are, is be really solid in your boundaries, what's important to you, what's not important to you. And along with your boundaries is knowing what is your truth. Like, What is your truth? What feels true for you and your experience, especially when you're pregnant, but at any time with a womb, like tune into your womb, ask yourself what feels like it's in my, is this in my highest and best good? Does this feel aligned for me? You're listening to The Well Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. You're listening to episode 241 of the Well Woman podcast, and I'm really excited because we are kicking off a new series. This is the pregnancy series. Now, if you've been following along online, you know that I am currently pregnant and therefore we're having a pregnancy series to celebrate this. This is also going to be my last series before maternity leave and taking a little bit of a break from the podcast. And so we're going out with a massive bang. And over this particular series, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my own pregnancy journey, my own preparation for this pregnancy, and then also preparation for birth. And I'm going to be doing this not just on my own, but also with the amazing guests that we have joining us for this show. And we have some absolute hooters lined up. And so I thought I'd just take this moment to share before we jump into our topic of this particular episode. We are going to be talking about the shamanic aspect of pregnancy. We're going to be talking about food. We're going to be talking about <laughs> cravings and nausea and vomiting and all of the the important aspects I've found throughout pregnancy to be, oh, what about this? So we're talking about sleep. We're going to be talking about pregnancy and movement. We're going to be talking about how to prepare for a home birth, if that's an intention for you. We're also having a beautiful man join us on this particular show to talk about transitioning into fatherhood and how pregnancy preparation works for men in supporting um, women in birthing, and then also the matriescence journey of becoming a mother. So this is a really jam-packed series that's going to take us from now in 2023 right into 2024. And my intention with this series was to really have you think about pregnancy in a slightly different light, but also think about it in a way that you can prepare, you can support yourself. And whether you're planning on potentially pregnancy in the near or far future, so it could be in the next month you're planning to conceive or it could be in the next 10 years, it does not matter. There is no such thing as a too early preconception planning phase. So I'm going to talk all about that here in this particular episode. So this is episode 241 and we are talking, or I'm talking, this is a solo episode about preconception, conception, and the first trimester. So since sharing this particular pregnancy and the journey of pregnancy a little bit over on my social media platforms, I have been (laughs) asked a bazillion questions. And so I've got some questions that people have submitted here on my phone, and I'm going to be answering these questions today throughout this particular sharing. And I think one of the the first thing that comes up is that a lot of people have asked me a question about is, you know, how did you plan? And this is a particular question. I'll read it out to you. How did you balance planning for this after your last pregnancy? 
She said, I'm in a similar situation. So I think before we talk about this particular pregnancy, it's really important to backtrack and to share with you that this is not my first pregnancy. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, yay, pregnancy episode, this is my second pregnancy. My first pregnancy back in 2020, I chose to terminate because of very personal reasons. And I share these and the experience of that and the transition of you know, moving through a termination and an abortion in other podcast episodes. So if you head to my website, wellsome.com, and you search abortion or termination, those episodes will come up. We have three episodes on the show talking about these particular topics. And I think it's a really important highlight that when we talk about these topics, they can be very touchy. They can be sometimes be very triggering. And so I felt really called intuitively. I trusted my intuition on this one to share about that from my own personal experience of transitioning through my first pregnancy and it not being what I thought it was going to be. And a lot of the questions that have come (laughs) online from 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 you hitting in my DMs, along with replies to my weekly newsletter that I send out, has been, well, you know, how has this been for you being, you know, planning for a pregnancy after already having a pregnancy and it being a different type of pregnancy than you wanted? So, I'm very excited. I just want to start by saying that I'm extremely excited. And I'm going to share with you a little bit about preconception and my preconception journey and how that has led me to here. And that previous pregnancy is part of my preconception journey. So let's backtrack a whole number of years. (laughs) So back when I came off the contraceptive pill back in 20, ooh, 2014, 2013, I discovered that I had PCOS. Now that journey then was really the transition of me entering a preconception phase. Now, the reason why this was so long ago, 10 years ago, is I was with a long-term partner at the time and I was healing leaky gut and I was thinking, well, the only thing that's left that's toxic in my body is the hormonal birth control pill. And I didn't really like taking it anyway. I just didn't think it was good to stop and then start again. So I decided to stop taking that. I went cold turkey. And I did that with the one proviso that I'd learned at a health conference that the average baby is born with 286 chemicals and toxins in its body as tested through the umbilical cord before the baby's even taken its first breath. So Knowing that, I was like, wow, I've got to clean this show up. I've got to clean my life up and get ready for a baby. Now, that particular relationship wasn't the relationship that was going to welcome a child into the world, but I was still in preconception phase. This particular time in my life, I was in my late 20s. And as I moved closer to my 30s, I knew that I was like, okay, I'm entering the 30-year-old bracket. And this particular 30-year-old bracket is the time when most people have kids, but I don't even have a partner yet. So how's that going to work? So I kept sticking to a preconception journey. And what a lot of people don't realize is a preconception journey can just be how you live your life. It doesn't have to be focused in on preconception. And so this is exactly how I lived my life. It was based on cleaning, clean eating, eating close to nature, drinking clean water, being a bit of a water snob. I'm happy to say I'm a water snob. And really focusing on having good liver detoxification, a clean system, and a body that felt vibrantly healthy. So that has been my my journey through preconception really over the last 10 years. Now, on top of that, I've also been doing a lot of self-work. Now, 
I'm 37, having uh, my first birth child at 37, there's a very big difference between having a baby at 37 versus 27. You know a lot more about yourself. And through this particular time frame of my life, I have thrown myself, you could say in the deep end, of learning more and more and more about myself, my spiritualism, adapting to shamanic ways, getting to know my feminine energy, my feminine essence, diving deep, deep, deep into the menstrual cycle and my relationship with my body, my relationship with others, my relationship with the feminine, my relationship with a partner, what would that look like? And calling in the things that I wanted and craved and desired in my life to be a part of a a family, you could say. And that's not just, you know, having a a partner (laughs) that helps too, but really about who I wanted to be in that particular position so that I was doing the work. If the opportunity came up that I was already doing the work. Now, this opportunity did arise in 2020 when I had an unplanned pregnancy. And I share more about that and the, you know, the termination, the choice of terminating on it in another episode. So I'm not going to delve into it here. But I did know that if that was a pregnancy I had chosen to continue, that I had have already done, I'd done all the pre-work. And so I wasn't uncertain about the pre-work and my body being ready. But the situation was not the right situation. And I'm very grateful for living in a part of the world in a location in which I do live in where that was available to me and I had the resources for that. Now, fast forward after that, bit of a love journey here, stick with me, is around four months after that termination, I I met my now partner. And it's been a bit of a whirlwind. If you've been following along online, we have done a lot of stuff together in the last two and a half years, more than what most people have done in 10 years together. And that's because I was really adamant that when I met the partner that I knew I would have a family with, that I really wanted to have a relationship with them first. And that was really important to me, knowing that I'm, as the medical world would label, a geriatric mother. That would mean that, you know, I didn't have 10 years to be with my partner before having children. That wasn't available to me. So it had to be something that happened to, you know, it was going to happen in the next few years. So I was like, let's go do all this stuff. Let's transform and propel this relationship. And so I'm very grateful to my partner, Brenton, for for joining me on that beautiful adventure. And we've had many, many adventures because of that. Now, in that process, we went through a lot of conversations about, well, when would we want to have children? And is that something he wants to do? And there was a few I won't call them stipulations, but few things we really wanted to do and achieve together in our relationship before we moved into that journey. So we always knew that the year 2023 would be the year that I would conceive in. And a big part of my preconception, I'll just say preparation, was self-work and me working on myself and also working on our relationship. So a huge part, and this is a really important aspect of the story here, a huge part of this was healing my relationship with the feminine, but also doing the amazing work that I did in 2022 with the School of Shamanic Womancraft and my beautiful teacher and mentor and friend, Jane Hardwick-Collings, who is going to be on this episode for this mini-series, about exploring the multiple realms of myself And that opportunity gave me just the absolute blessing of sitting in circle with 50 women 
50 plus women, many of them who are mothers, a handful of them who are mothers in front of me with their young children breastfeeding who came with us on a solo vision quest, who sat with us in circle every, every what was it, roughly six weeks. And it was such a, an, I'm so honored for that experience because that whole journey for me, the reason why I took that particular program was to receive, to be a receiver instead of a, 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 of service to others for a change and to also transform my relationship with myself and prepare my body energetically and shamanically for conception. And so that entire year was about calling in the soul of our child. It was about strengthening my relationship with Brenton. We did a lot of adventure last year. If you've followed along, we spent three months across the top end of Australia camping. And then we spent two months camping over December and January and visiting Tasmania, which was magical. And this entire time we had that pure focus within each and everything that we were doing. So when the preconception phase really began was for me a long time ago. And for me, when I personally entered the preconception phase, there wasn't really much that I changed. Everything was already the same. I was already implemented. And for me, it didn't feel like something I had to do. It was just how I was living my life. But something that was really important for me that I did shift and change when I was in the preconception phase is I went from being a non-meat with feet eater (laughs) to a meat with feet eater. So what does that even mean? So I have been meat with feet. So think of any animal that has feet. I don't eat that, but I I do eat seafood, (laughs) seafood and you eat it. (laughs) Ha ha ha. And that's been like that for many, many years, so close to eight or nine years. And I knew that having a child and going through pregnancy and growing organs, growing a organ and then a baby's organs really needed extra nutritional support and meat is a great provider of that. And so I wasn't meat-free for plant, you know, environmental reasons. I was meat-free for personal digestive reasons and I felt much healthier not eating meat. And so Part of the one or one of the the things I did change was I introduced red meat. And so I knew that I wanted to understand how my digestive system would work consuming that food before being pregnant and maybe being nauseous or maybe being vomiting and violently ill if I knew that that was going to sit well with me. So I did start that journey a few months before we conceived and that entered the, the beautiful topic of preconception care for men. So I was super grateful that one thing that Brenton did, and I think because I talk a lot about natural contraception, natural fertility already, and that's my daily work with clients, that I, um, I shouldn't say I, he went and had his sperm tested on his own accord. I didn't ask him to do that. He just went one day and came home and said, oh, I got my sperm tested today. And I was like, you what? So I was really proud of him for taking, taking that into account. And the main things that he did to change for preconception care because he had more lifestyle shifts than I did was he started taking a regular multivitamin probably about six months before we conceived. He was taking it sporadically, but he started taking it regularly. Also taking um, a really high quality probiotic so that he could, you know, ensure his gut health was up to scratch, helping him detox and release things as it needed to. And we really focused in on eating more Toxic-free foods is a great way to say it. And so I'm super proud of him for (laughs) aligning with me on that. And 
that was something that he really wanted to do and he was also excited for. So that was our preconception journey. And I don't skip over the relationship part really quickly because I think a lot of people think preconception is really about just knowing your body, your cycle, and that's it. But there's a whole other aspect to conception. There's the aspect of your emotions, your energy, your relationship, your environment, and all of that plays a really big role, I believe. And I see that a lot with clients. So when we talk about relationship, we have been seeing a relationship therapist. I call it relationship development because we like to amplify our communication and express open vulnerability and connect in that way. And so that was very supportful for that. And the last part of our preconception journey was I went to India. (laughs) So if you have been following along, I host um, retreats in India, Ayurvedic 14-day Panchakarma cleansing retreats. And this is one thing that I wanted to do before we had a family. It was one of the things I wanted to achieve. And knowing that I had planned this in 2020 and then again in 2021 and it got consistently delayed and cancelled and postponed because of COVID, I pulled the pin on everything and I waited until the coast was clear, you could say, and we hosted this over in India in um, May and June or over May and June this year of 2023. And it was after that trip that we conceived. And so the conception journey was something that was very much aligned for both Brenton and I, he was very excited to conceive. And it was something that I'm very grateful for my cycle knowledge and my cycle education. And one of the biggest things I can share with people is that if you're on a preconception journey, use this time to connect with your cycle. Use this time to get to know your own natural contraception and natural fertility progression and flow throughout your cycle. When are you fertile? When are you not fertile? What fertile mucus is your peak fertile mucus? When does that occur in your cycle? Do you have irregular cycles? Do you have a balanced cycle? This is like foundational and fundamental. And I'm grateful that I've given myself the opportunity to do that for close to 10 years before conceiving. And I do see when I work with a lot of clients that they're, you know, they're just, I've just started this, you know, two months ago and I haven't worked it out yet, but we want to conceive is that if you're listening to this and you're on a preconception journey, like I was like over 10 years, utilize that time to learn these skills, to embody them, make them part of your life so that when it does come to the time when you are ready to conceive, that you know exactly when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen and when you're ready for that with your body. So that's a really important piece. And I think there's a few little other things I want to share that I've been putting into my preconception planning and transition phase that a lot of people would maybe skip over. And that's self-care. And that's self-care, not just from me providing self-care to myself, but receiving self-care. So one of the things I've definitely been doing for the last year is seeing a chiropractor regularly to ensure that my pelvis and you know my hips and my spine are all in a healthy alignment and balanced so that when I am pregnant, my pelvis can simply open and migrate to a larger shape. And it's not in, you know, with a high pelvis on the right and a lower pelvis on the left, which makes it more challenging for the baby to travel through the birth canal. So I've been doing that. I've also been seeing an acupuncturist once it was once a month, but now it's once a fortnight prior to pregnancy to just continue to support the amplification of my body coming back to balance. 
also getting regular massages. I think I do that once a month and I think that's really special and I love receiving physically like that. And then on top of that, having fun and enjoying my life. So they're really important parts of conception. And I think when your body is ready and the soul can see that your body is ready, if you're planning to conceive, this is a great way to call that in and to demonstrate that you are ready. If you're not planning to conceive and you do conceive, there's lots of great lessons in that too, similar to me and how that happened in my very first pregnancy. So go back to the question, how did you balance planning for this after your last pregnancy? All of that. I was very aware that I might've felt emotionally triggered about being pregnant again and having a different outcome. However, because I had done so much energetic and emotional healing work around the previous and my first pregnancy, I knew I was so ready for this. And so if you're sitting, listening to this or walking or driving or whatever, however you listen to this podcast and you're like, oh, that would really, that would like that. I'm in that situation that would really help me is that do the healing work, create healing is clearing. (laughs) So the healing work will create clearing and that will get you really ready for the next transition into another pregnancy. So that's what I strongly recommend there. And it's never too early to start a preconception journey. You want to make sure that all of your, you know, your heart, your mind, and your body is ready if you have the chance to do that. And I say that very open-heartedly because not everyone has the opportunity to prepare. But I really believe if if you're similar to me in my previous pregnancy experience, which was definitely not planned, we conceived on the natal, my natal fertility. So my lunar fertility in my first pregnancy is that it's really important to be aware of like, okay, well, what is the situation of my health and my body and my mind and my heart right now? And is that in alignment with pregnancy? And there's some great questions you can explore and ask yourself. This episode is proudly sponsored by USANA Health Sciences, my number one nutritional supplement choice. I've been using these products and paying to use these products for well over 10 years because their quality far exceeds the rest. Yep, they're manufactured to a pharmaceutical grading, which means they're made to the highest standards of manufacturing for nutritional products in the world. Personally, every day I use these products, just a part of my healthy regime, just like brushing my teeth. I've found their products to really be transformative for my own personal PCOS journey, keeping my skin radiant, my energy balanced, and a healthy digestive system. Every day I use the prenatal cell essentials because I believe a prenatal is a foundation for all types of cycle health, not just for preconception and pregnancy, a mercury-free fish oil, a probiotic to support my past leaky gut experience, and of course, a magnesium calcium with vitamin D. This blend is fantastic for my inner autumn and I always take a little bit more before I begin bleeding so I have a smooth transition into my next menstrual cycle. To learn more and try these products and discover them for yourself, I have a cheeky up to 20% discount for you. Head to gemmalee.usana.com to learn more and save. That's gemmalee.usana.com. So we were very excited once we conceived. So back to this pregnancy, back to the pregnancy. And my partner and I were overseas at the time. And 
we both knew that there was a very high potential that we were pregnant. And the only time we didn't know was in the first two weeks, obviously, from time of conception through to next period. And I was then alone overseas and my partner kept asking, so have you got your period yet? Have you got your period yet? I was like, no, babe, my period hasn't come yet. And so I knew very early on that we were pregnant and that was such a special time to be together in those first few days of implantation and to be just honoring and sharing special time together, devoted time together on a holiday. And I don't like to say that we planned it perfectly, but it did align very well with the with the planning. It was a bit earlier than we had anticipated. We were hopefully hopefully waiting for a little bit later in the year, but all things when the right alignment comes and we were feeling both called to do it then. So when we when we knew, I really sat with should I do a pregnancy test or not? And it was an interesting question. So most people do a pregnancy test and part of their, you know, pregnancy reveal shows a pregnancy test and for me, I didn't feel called to do a pregnancy test because I really felt that a pregnancy test was something that you do to confirm pregnancy if you're unsure if you're pregnant or not. But I 100% knew that I was pregnant. And how did I know that? I knew that because my basal body temperature had remained high. I was wearing my aura ring every day. I knew my basal body temperature was high consistently and had not dropped in well over 14 days. (laughs) I also knew that my cervix was changing So my cervical height was not dropping down closer to a potential menstruation and it was changing in its, you know, you could say its texture and how it felt. And it also felt like we had conceived. So the abundant, full, you know, blossoming energy of conception was really present. So we actually didn't do a pregnancy test at all. I just knew and part of me was like, oh, we should probably do a pregnancy test. But I was more so, you know, true in how I felt in my body, and that that's what that was really what was really aligned. So, moving forward into uh, the first trimester of pregnancy is that this was such a humbling experience in this particular time frame. I moved home, <laughs> so we moved house, packed a whole house up, cleaned and bond cleaned a house, had an injured partner, ran two school courses for cyclical school pretty much wrote a book between that you know those two time those two time frames and was consistently humbled by how fatigued run down and nauseous I was feeling so a lot of people have asked like well what was the you know your first trimester experience like for you so when we think about the first trimester everyone's experience is very different and I love how different everyone's experience is and it's not just person to person, it's birth and oh, sorry, pregnancy to pregnancy. So you can have four children and every pregnancy can be extremely different. And so it's very, very humbling. And so for me, I knew that we were pregnant and we hadn't really told anyone yet. We were waiting to tell family and waiting for all of our family to be together in the one place to tell them in person, because always so much nicer in person. And through that process, we went to like, okay, well, let's hire our birth support and what is the birth we would like to have? And one of the questions um, I've received is process to deciding the best birthing option for you plus care and postpartum plans for care. So for me personally, I always knew that I would, I've always been quite independent and holistic approach. I've always had an independent and holistic approach to my health. 
And so I knew for me that I wanted to birth in the space that I felt the most comfortable in, and that was at home. So Brenton, I'm very grateful, was loudly on board with that. I understand that many partners aren't on board with that, but I believe that Brenton has transitioned into understanding how that might be beneficial and how that might play out based on his time with me and the work that I do in this space of pre-pregnancy preparation and care and cycle support and all of the things. Not to mention I have some beautiful sisters in my life who have been through this process themselves, who work in the home birthing space. And for me, it just felt like the right alignment of where I would feel the safest, the most supported and the most ready. And as my beautiful teacher Jane says, is that, you know, a cat will go into the furthest, darkest corner of the house, burrow itself in in there, maybe in a cupboard and birth in darkness and silence. And I knew that I wanted to be in a similar environment and that my home, I could, you know, I could host that and have that in my own home. So we have an intention for a home birth. We've hired a home birth midwife. And with that comes with a second, a second midwife. We personally chose to have, what are they called? Like an accredited home birth midwife? No, sorry. It's called an endorsed home birth birth midwife. And so at our very first appointment with our midwife, it was quite interesting because I was probably maybe like 10 weeks pregnant and we hadn't done a pregnancy test and we hadn't done any scans or anything like that. And Brenton had came, he'd come with me to the to the appointment. And it's a pretty boring appointment. It's just like all the questions about your health, your health history, birth history, yada, yada, yada. You know, it's not overly exciting for a partner. You know, they just kind of sit there and like twiddle their thumbs. But she did the dobler and off or asked if I would like to do a dobler to hear the the heartbeat of the baby. And so having not done a pregnancy test, knowing that I was pregnant, obviously, because I hadn't had a period in weeks, it was a really beautiful moment that we got to share together where Brenton got to hear the heartbeat. I got to hear the sound of the placenta too. My goodness, the placenta sounds so cool. It's like an alien. So if you ever get this opportunity, ask to hear the sound of the placenta. It's like so cool. And that was, for me, a big penny drop. We got in the car to drive home because it was at her house. And I turned to Brenton and I said, babe, how did you find that? And he's like, yeah, really good. I learned this and I learned that and yada, yada, yada. I was like, yeah, but how else did you find that? He's like, yeah, good. I was like, babe, we're having a fucking baby. Did you hear the heartbeat? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, did it just only click with you now? I'm like, yeah, it only clicked with me now. So for me, the first trimester was very much focused on getting shit done and finishing things off, but also a huge, huge, huge lesson in surrender and allowing and softening and the humblingness of when you have a regular day planned, which is normally a regular day for you, and you just can't do the day because you're exhausted and you are falling asleep and it's you know 11 a.m. and you're feeling nauseous and you don't know whether to eat this or eat that. And so for me, it was very humbling and I'm very grateful to have a work environment where I work from home and that I can reschedule things if I need to, and I can take time out. 
when I need to and that I had some great support people around me who offered some really great support. So for me, the the challenge that I experienced in trimester was some really challenging hormonal migraines. Acupuncture is the go-to for that. So love acupuncture. Also for me, taking super feast herbs. So excuse me, shout out to Superfeast, my friend Tani, beautiful Tani and her partner Mason. Mason's been on this podcast before, all talking all about, you know, mushrooms and the healing power of herbs, et cetera, and the Taoist way. And yeah, if you ever want to try any of those, use the code Gemily for a great discount. So the support of those, seeing an acupuncturist, still consistently seeing my chiropractor, getting realigned when something hurts, because your whole fucking body is changing. Your body's growing an organ and it's growing a baby with its own organs while still trying to nurture and nourish your organs. It is mind-blowing. If you've never been through the experience, it's mind-blowing. If you have, you know it's mind-blowing. And so for me, those things felt really, really nurturing. The other thing that happened during the first trimester that I found really challenging is that Brenton was traveling a lot for work. So in the month of August, I was home alone for 22 days. (laughs) And that meant that like, I didn't even have the energy to do the dishes or to do the washing. And I truly believe that your pregnancy teaches you the lessons that you need to adapt to and understand and embody so that you can then arrive at the birth that you need to do already having less, already having learned the lessons that you needed to learn. And then the birth, as my beautiful teacher, Jane would say, you know, teaches you the things that you need to be to be the mother of the baby that the baby needs. So pregnancy is all about preparation for birth. And if you are fighting against the sensations of pregnancy, this is your call and your lesson to feel into it, to stop, drop and feel. So during this time trimester, a lot of people say, oh, have you had any food cravings or what's going on? Yada, yada is for me, I have not been restrictive with food. The biggest focus I've had with food is to focus on stuff that comes from the earth. Now, in saying that, something that I've definitely done is I've gone and brought hot chips. I think I did that twice because I was just craving. I went through a big salt craving, a huge salt craving. I was eating some meat and then I went off meat. So I brought these preservative-free, gluten-free lamb sausages from our organic, organic butcher And I ate them in bread, gluten-free bread with tomato sauce and hot chips for lunch. And that was just so weird. I'd never in my life done that. And it felt really nice. I'm like, oh, this is a pregnant, pregnant thing. I haven't really had many sweet tooth cravings through the first trimester, but there's definitely been days where I'm like, holy fuck, who am I? And why am I doing this? But also at the same time being very grateful. And for me, the fatigue, like the sheath, you know, arising (laughs) and letting go was really around that 12, 13 mark, 13 week mark. Now, personally, I haven't been counting weeks. Let's talk about this. This is a big topic. I haven't been counting weeks. A lot of people are really fascinated. Like, well, what week are you? Are you week 13? Are you week 14? Are you week 15? And my response to that is always like, what are they going to do with the information about the week? And the reason why I've chosen to not count weeks is because my my midwife sometimes reminds me, but only reminds me when I'm like, fuck, well, like how far am I pregnancy? Am I along? And she tells me, I'm like, I'm that far already? Oh my God. Is because when it comes to the birth time 
and the due dates, let's put them in inverted brackets, the due dates, is that there's no such thing as a due date. The baby will come when the baby is ready, in my understanding. And it's quite... Uh, there's a lot of birth mothers for the with first-time babies who will go to 40 weeks, 41, 42, 42 and a half, sometimes even 43 weeks. And depending on this, the, the way in which you decide to have a birth or birth your child is that that might be restricted or taken away from you to allow that time frame. And so for me, I really wanted to be able to just migrate into the own time frame that I wanted without the own pressure in my own mind of being like, fuck, has the baby come yet? Is everything all right with the baby? So to just alleviate all of that, I've just not counted birth. I've just not counted weeks at all. So when people ask me, oh, how far along are you in your pregnancy? What week are you? I'm like, I have no idea. I said, oh, I'm about this month. (laughs) And that's felt really nice for me. It's felt nice because I know that there's no pressure around the baby's got to come by this time and visitors want to come and that's their priority and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's really important to know that as a as a birthing mom, there's huge transitions going on. And Kim, Kimberly Ann Johnson, who writes the book Fourth Trimester, talks about this really, really well, is that when a woman gives birth, is the body is so exposed, the baby is so exposed. And so that whole time frame is like a bubble and you want to enjoy that bubble as long as possible. And something that my beautiful friend Amber has taught me and other beautiful mothers have taught me too is that to enjoy each and every moment of alone time in your first pregnancy where you're birthing because it's going to be the last time you're you're pregnant and you have alone time. Because if you choose to have another pregnancy in the future and you already have a child, you're pregnant with a child. And so the experience postpartum then with a child already, so having two children, maybe three children or more, is very, very different in birthing again versus birthing for the very first time. And so for me, not knowing the date is actually exciting. You know, it's a surprise. We don't know the sex. That's also a surprise. We haven't done any scans at all in our first trimester. We personally chose to do the NIP test. Um, which is just a blood test instead. And that felt really comp- like good for both Brenton and I. And I'm sharing all of this with you to let you know that whatever your priorities are, whatever your preferences are, is be really solid in your boundaries, what's important to you, what's not important to you. And along with your boundaries is knowing what is your truth. Like, What is your truth? What feels true for you and your experience? especially when you're pregnant, but at any time with a womb, like tune into your womb and, you know, ask yourself what feels like it's in my, is this in my highest and best good? Does this feel aligned for me? You can also ask the question of, okay, well, I'm going to tune in and check in with the baby. And how does the baby feel? And does this feel right for the baby? What is the baby responding and sharing with me right now? And I think it's a it's a piece that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to ask or explore simply because they don't know. And there's nothing wrong with not knowing. You only know what you know, right? You only know what you know. So I think it's a really beautiful gift for myself birthing at 37 as opposed to say 27 is that, you know, the medical world would call me a geriatric mother. And at this stage of my life, I know so much more about myself and I'm so much more certain in what feels aligned and what doesn't feel aligned and who I want at the birth versus who I wouldn't be comfortable 
birthing in front of. And I think it's really beautiful to be able to, to truly trust in me and my body and the baby and the energy that the connection that between my baby and I, and I think just trust yourself. Yeah. Trust yourself. And if other people don't understand it, that's okay because they're not in your body and they're not the ones that have to birth the baby you do. So trust you is what I would say to that. So I hope this has been helpful. Let me just have a look to see any kind of other questions. So, so far we're covering preconception, conception, and trimester one here is that um, the question is, you know, your high, your highlight and your low light so far on your baby journey. So this is quite funny. I need to have another little drink of water. I'm talking so much. Really get thirsty drink. Being pregnant, drinks so much water and pee so much. So highlight, low light. It's for me, it's all been a highlight. Like some of them have been have been less enjoyable than others. <laughs> but I will tell you a funny story is I've very fortunate I've only had one vomiting experience throughout this pregnancy so far. And it was on a Saturday morning. I didn't look pregnant, so I didn't have a little bump or anything at this stage. And I was walking with my partner on the beach, a very public beach where dogs were off the lead. And I could feel like, oh, my God, I'm going to vomit. Like, holy fuck, this is it. I'm going to vomit. This is the first vomit. And it's daylight. It's like 9.30 in the morning on a Saturday morning. And I'm standing at the edge of the water vomiting. And there's dogs coming over, getting ready to enjoy my vomit. Oh, what's that smell over there? So me walking knee deep, thigh deep into the water while the waves are crashing, vomiting into the ocean. (laughs) And then the vomit is washing back on my legs after it gets sucked out a little bit from the ocean and then vice versa. It was just in hindsight, it was hilarious. But at the time I was like, oh my God, how am I going to walk back to the car? It's still like two kilometers away. So grateful for, for my man being there and being uber supportive and rubbing my back and also not knowing what the fuck to do. <laughs> That's fine too. And I think that highlights like what the pregnancy journey is for a first time birth mom is that you don't know what to do. And the only way to know what to do is to trust yourself. And if you are on a preconception journey, like learn trusting yourself, like how can I be better at trusting me? How can I learn trust? How can I establish trust with myself? Like this is like core foundational stuff that we can do. And I think that really, really, really helps. What else has been a highlight and a low light? So that definitely hearing the baby's heartbeat for the first time, like that was just like a mind blow. Really, really cool. I brought a baby change table. We're very like minimalistic and I and I know we're going to be minimalistic as parents. And I brought a secondhand baby change table off Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace. It's the same change table my best friend has. I know it's a great height. I'm a tall woman. I brought it and I put it in our house and... I was like, oh, fuck, we're having a baby. And then I'll never forget when my bestie brought over, you know, a, a bassinet and a bath, like a baby bath. And I was like, holy fuck, already? You give it like, I was only like seven weeks pregnant. She's like, she's bring all this stuff over. I was like, it's too soon. I don't know. Really? Right now? She's like, is it too soon? I'm like, yeah, it's too soon. Anyway, she left it. And I'm so grateful, Amber. I'm so grateful. I love you. But yeah, very, very lots of highs. And I wouldn't really discount the lows, but there is a funny time. And this is just like the the mind fuck that you go through as a pregnant woman. I was home alone. I've been home alone for like five days straight at this stage. Absolutely exhausted. And I was hungry and it was dinner time. And I was like, oh, I just really want Indian food. I really want Indian. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? 
and we live in a new neighborhood, right? So we moved and I was like, oh, there's an, there's an Indian restaurant around the corner. So I open up their their phone. I open up my phone, open up their website, looking at their menu, adding the things that I want into the shopping cart. And it comes to like $55. I was like, what the fuck? No, I'm not paying $55 for Indian. I could probably throw up. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Having a massive moment to myself after spending 30 minutes trying to decide what I wanted, feeling sorry myself, sorry for myself laying on the couch. And then I ended up just getting out a packet of pasta and pouring in a can of organic diced tomatoes and putting some salt and pepper in and that was dinner. <laughs> so it's funny, like I think we we don't give enough credit to mums just doing what they can when they can. And that if that's all there is that you can that you're willing to make and that you've got, you know, then good. And the focus for me has been staying hydrated knowing that I can't do everything myself. So asking for help. And I'm very grateful that my sister delivers meals. Thank you, Jade. And that you can ask your body for help too. And so sometimes that doesn't have to be free help. It can be paid help, you know, going to get acupuncture, having a breakdown on the phone to your best friend, and then her giving you an acupuncture session. I love you, Amber. To getting a massage and receiving some body love, going to yoga and just spending the whole class or most of the class in child's pose. Like that's totally fine. Like putting yourself first and doing what feels really important to you is, is important. And so I hope this podcast episode has inspired you and given you a small glimmer of the topics we're going to explore in way more depth with experts, because I'm not always the expert in anything really around this particular topic of pregnancy. And I inspired, I was inspired to create this podcast series for you because it can be really daunting and a very unknown world if you've not experienced pregnancy before. And I want, I'd love for people to feel empowered going into a pregnancy and being able to make decisions for themselves in an empowered way. And so my intention with this pregnancy series is that you walk away, maybe being challenged in your thoughts Maybe being like, oh, I never thought about it like that. Maybe I could think it, maybe, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll think about it like that later. But maybe with a different perspective or a different understanding or a different viewpoint that makes you think deeper about yourself and your own journey and the journey you might like to have in the future or the journey you might be revisiting from the past. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the preconception conception and try one episode with me to kick off this pregnancy series. As I mentioned, we have lots of episodes coming up to explore all of these beautiful topics around pregnancy that can be overwhelming and types of questions you ask yourself when you get to the thing, you're like, fuck, can I do this? How do I do this? Is this too much for me? Can I eat that thing? Should I not eat that thing? Why am I waking up all night? Why do I have 50 colors of urine coming out of my body throughout the 50 plus times I wee every day? So we're going to be answering all of these different types of questions for you throughout this series. And I hope you get a lot out of it. So from my heart to yours, lots of love, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the Well Woman podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. If this episode excited you, please hit follow on Spotify, which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly. So you never miss a weekly drop. I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. Love this episode? Come and follow me over on Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemily. Say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me. 
Now, is there a bestie, sister, or a friend who you know who might be fed up, frustrated, and confused with their cycles? Are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your socials, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to them. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our cycles. Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.